And now, back to Answers for Elders as we honor our military veterans. Carriage is the proud sponsor of our veteran segment, hosted by former Seattle Seahawk, Dennis Boyd. Hello, this is Dennis Boyd for Answers for Elders. We are here in DuPont, Washington today at Patriots Landing. We have a chance to talk to Chief Warrant Officer Alvin Overacker. Tell us about your, your service here to the country. Well, I was drafted in 1942, got out of the service after the war, 1946. Um, domestic problems arose, and I had thought I would go to college, but instead I went back in the Army. Recruiting station in Seattle, they said, we want to keep you here. I said, okay, so I spent four years on recruiting in the Seattle, Tacoma, Aberdeen, Centralia area. And while there, I learned about the Army's Counterintelligence Corps. When I finished my four years at that time, that was the limit. After I finished my four years of recruiting duty, I applied for the Army's Counterintelligence Corps. And spent the rest of my career with the Army Counterintelligence Corps. I became a lie detector examiner with them, and one of my most stressful assignments was three and a half years in Washington, D.C. as a lie detector examiner. I survived that. Got out of the service with 23 and a half years service So, uh, okay. Excuse me. Yes. Tell me a little bit about, you were saying that, so this was in 1946 and 47. So is that correct? You were with the counterintelligence? No, no. No. I uh, got out of the Army in 1946, and, and domestic difficulties arose. I came back in the Army. They decided they wanted me at the recruiting station, so... I spent four years on recruiting duty. That was took us up to 50. In 1950, I had learned about the Army's Counterintelligence Corps. I applied, was accepted, went to their school, went to a six-month language and area study school after that, study in German. Uh, met my wife there. She worked at the headquarters while I was going to school. She was in the service. We married before I went to my assignment in Salzburg, Austria. I was able to get her over on orders uh, three months later. So we had a daughter born to us in Austria. Um, Came back to Washington State. I was assigned to Fort Lewis. Again, still doing counterintelligence work and wearing civilian clothes, documented as a civilian. That was not always good, but it worked out. So when you were stationed here at Fort Lewis, do you remember how long you were here at Fort Lewis? Two and a half years, I guess. Okay. And then they wanted me to go to NAM. I said, no, thank you. I'm retiring. 
if I didn't retire then, I would have to go indefinite, and I didn't, for some reason, didn't want to go to Vietnam because a man who had been my driver at Fort Lewis went over. First trip out in a helicopter, one bullet hit that plane. No, it hit him in the head. First trip. I felt badly about going, and I got out of the service, out of the uniformed army. Nobody beat a trail to my door to hire me, but I went back to work for the army as a civilian in a different field of study, uh, management analyst, dealing in manpower, and I did that for about 16 years or so mm -hmm. before finally retiring, fully retiring. You had mentioned that Washington, D.C. was a stressful time. <laughs> well, lie detector work is, it's excellent, but only as good as the operator. Uh, I think I did a good job. Mm -hmm. I went to the school. One person had to run a real examination at graduation time. I was selected to do that. I was a bit nervous. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we had 15 students, four instructors in the observation area. <laughs> My first case. Anyway, it worked out very well. And in Washington, D.C., most of our lie detector work was uh, screening personnel with the signal uh, corps. Once in a while, we'd get a complaint, uh, a complaint case where there had been an allegation made of some sort, and they wanted us to say that the individual was telling the truth or not. Um, most cases, we never knew the result of what our reports caused to happen. I worked one case for State Department. Um, that was a very, very stressful case because the chief of State Department's security was in the observation room, and I was in the examination room with the subject of the case and his life was a, ma a mass of uh, emotional crises like uh, beads on a necklace he was born to a born to a southern minister I wouldn't say that's bad but in this case everything the son did reflected badly on the man Never should have been employed by the government. But uh, we spent the morning. He was the only man I ever had faint on me during an examination. I don't imagine that that was uh, intended as deception, but rather <laughs> too much for the man, bringing back too many memories. And yet his key complaint was he could not remember. I'm getting away from my story, I know. 
I could talk about the state of Washington. I'm a native Washingtonian, by the way. Uh, you mentioned that. Tell us what your, where your hometown is. Born in the thriving metropolis of Goldendale. There you go. The county seat of Klickitat County. A graduate of Klickitat High School. After which I worked in the post office. Then I went to work for Boeing. I went to work for a lumber mill in Ridgefield and was drafted into the Army. That started everything. You and I had a conversation prior to this about monuments. You said the, the Mary Hill Museum close to Golden? Well, the uh, Mary Hill Museum is uh, close to Goldendale. It's about 13 miles south right on the Columbia River, and the Mary Hill Museum is a gem out there in the boonies. Everyone, certainly all the people in Washington State, should go to that museum and see it for what it is. I was there on the 3rd of November, 1926, as a four-and-a-half-year-old boy when Queen Marie of Romania dedicated the building as a museum. Wow. I was there 60 years later when her daughter rededicated the building is <laughs> so That's much amazing. everyone should see that museum and a couple of miles east of the museum is the replica of Stonehenge which was constructed as a memorial to the I believe it was seven county residents who were killed in World War One. if there's anything else I'd be happy to speak about it well, Chief, the, you have done an amazing job, and I wanted to take this time to thank you for your service. Oh. And you kind of flew under the or the radar a little bit there. You were registered as a civilian, but still doing military work with through the military. Yeah, that, it was that's right. Yeah, uh, makes up a humorous thing. Um, all this time uh, wearing civilian clothes, documented as a civilian. I had to maintain my uniforms. Okay. Well, I wound up with lots of uniform, and later on I went to work as a civilian at Fort Lewis. They opened the Fort Lewis Museum, and some time later announced that they needed something. They needed some khaki-colored men's boxer shorts, three-button, tie-at-the-side shorts, underwear. They couldn't find any any place, and other military museums were looking also. I said, hey, I had eight sets that had never been worn. <laughs> so my, my claim to fame is that I have something at most military museums in the United States a pair of shorts with my laundry mark on. There you go. <laughs> well, Chief, thank you very much again. It was a pleasure getting a chance to talk to you and meet you. And well, your your family has to be very proud of your service. And there are things that you can't talk about, but um, it was very important work at the time. There it I've is. enjoyed this. Good. I really have. And pleasure to deal with you people.
All right. Thank you very much. You bet. This has been a special Honoring Veterans presentation of Answers for Elders brought to you by Carriage. For more information about Carriage, the website is C-A-R-E-A-G-E dot com. It's time to rethink, renew, and reimagine retirement. Hey, everybody. Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. Now, this podcast is about the non-financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather the beginning of what could be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire. Become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.